Kathy Motlatsana on SAFM. 11 after 10 o'clock, we're going to get straight into our conversation for this hour. Of course, joining us is the Auditor General of South Africa, Tsagani Maluleke. Ms. Maluleke, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Good morning, Kathy, and thank you for having me and a warm greeting to all of your listeners. When we look at this latest report that you have issued looking into the state of municipalities, the MFMA uh, for 2020 and 21, um, it really is. okay. let me begin here. The beginning of the report gives some hope in the sense that you're noting some improvements when it comes to generally the number of municipalities that are coming forward with the documents that you need, the financial disclosures, et cetera, et cetera. Do you feel that it was easier this time around than it was um, in, in the previous reporting period to compile this report? Well, Kathy, it was easier in that a few more municipalities submitted their financials on time as against the previous financial year. Um, but perhaps some context would help in that the councils that were submitting financial statements to us um, in 2021 had just recently taken charge of those municipalities. So there was tremendous instability and it took a long time for them to catch up with submissions. Uh, And this year, um, much of the instability continued in many areas, uh, which led to the type of outcomes that we have. But I think it's important for me to also recognize the significant effort by most of the provinces to encourage, to support and to assist municipalities to submit financial statements for audit this time around. Um, When we did the audits last time, we, we highlighted that we were concerned that the provincial governments in the form of the provincial treasuries and the provincial copters were not doing enough to monitor, to support um, local government and were not taking adequate levels of responsibility for that sphere of government. Um, and so part of the good news we've been talking about is that we're seeing a shift in that. We're seeing uh, a lot of provincial government leaders taking a much more active role of supporting municipalities to uh, to improve their level of um, of accountability. Improved reporting doesn't necessarily mean improved performance or even improved outcomes. No, it doesn't. Maybe just to to start at, at what we are doing as the office of the AG, uh, so that we're we're all walking together. Remember, the office is set up in terms of the Constitution, and our job is to pronounce on the credibility of the reporting on financial statements, on performance information, which is a service delivery information, and also on the levels of compliance with the law. And we do so independent of government. So we don't run government. Um, Our job is to assess whether or not the rules have been kept to and to confirm whether the information that's being presented is credible. That's the first start, because once you have credible information, then you can assess performance and assess how uh, financial resources are being managed. Um, Our audits, Cathy, are done in, in, in compliance with international auditing standards, Um, And we operate within what we've called the accountability ecosystem. So there are other role players that must now use the report that we issue um, to to take action, uh, to assess the performance of the municipality. So if we say at least the financial information is credible, you can rely on. 
uh, we're not saying that the 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 the, the uh, municipality has performed, but we are saying you can rely on what it is they've said um, as the first basis for for driving transparency and accountability. Um, so we've also been at pains to say when a municipality gets a clean audit, which talks to credible financial statements, um, reliable performance information or service delivery information, and they've been able to confirm that they've operated within the rule of law, they get what we've called a clean audit. Um, clean audits then do not confirm that service delivery has happened. But you know what they do tell you is a great deal about the management disciplines in that environment. They tell you about uh, the capabilities within that environment, the posture adopted by the leadership in that environment, and the high likelihood that they will respond to service delivery demands in a way that's responsible. One of the big things that uh, I think is is quite telling of where municipalities are more broadly, and of course, um, we can get into individual examples, is what is outlined under material irregularities and the the kind of inefficiencies that 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 you're picking up there so yes the material irregularities are a function of the changes to the law uh, as you know we've got these new powers which allow for us to not just audit and report but to follow up on whether or not our recommendations have been implemented and specifically when we issue a material irregularity it's more serious and urgent than a normal audit finding. Um, so we assess whether the, the irregularity we've identified is leading to financial loss, it's going to cause public harm or harm to a public institution or harm to the environment. And then we say to the accounting officer, and that's the person that is appointed to run that institution. So in a case of a municipality, it would be the municipal manager. So we say to them, as the head of administration, we have given you a series of audit findings and recommendations. Out of those, please prioritize these ones that we've identified as material irregularities and tell us how you're going to deal with them because they are so urgent for you to attend to them. And then when you attend to them, we will then keep following up on whether or not you're doing that which is adequate and appropriate. And what we're seeing, Kathy, is that even though the law says that every accounting officer must respond to audit findings and actually um, act in accordance with their responsibilities of investigating, reporting matters to law enforcement, recovering funds that, that are being lost, disciplining, fixing controls. The law says they should do that. And they don't do it unless it's a material irregularity. So now, because of the material irregularities, we're seeing them take our, take our reports more seriously because they know that if they don't act in a way that's adequate and appropriate, we can then um, issue binding remedial action, which is reviewable only in a court of law. And we can then even go to the extent of referring matters to law enforcement ourselves and ultimately even issue a certificate of debt if, in their name if they fail to act. So what we've seen is that when we've issued these MIs, um, suddenly the, the level of responsiveness is shifting. Um, funds are being protected, which is what you want, right? So if a contract is losing money for the state, it should be cancelled. Um, if financial losses have been incurred, they must be recovered um, and further losses must be avoided. And as a consequence of us issuing these, these material irregularities and accounting officers acting on those, um, we've been able to protect 
479 million rand just in the MFMA cycle in local government. We've been able to get them to even act on submitting financial statements because we took the view that if you're not submitting financial statements, you're breaking the law, that's an irregularity, but you're also causing harm to the institution that you lead. So they're starting to act on that. We've raised material irregularities on the disclaimers of audit opinion because a disclaimer is the worst audit opinion one can get. And that is given where there are no supporting records to show where money has been spent, which is a requirement for accounting officers to comply with. Um, and when they fail to do that, we've taken the view that not only is this irregular, but you're causing harm to the institution. And now they're acting on that, uh, which, is, which is encouraging because it tells us that there is some ability to respond to audit matters and to drive the type of improvements that will protect resources and that will um, guarantee against further harm to institutions and to the public. Um, what we must now start to insist upon is that accounting officers act on other audit findings, whether they come from the AG or from internal audit, because that's how you're going to get continual improvements in the in the space. Mm. When we continue with the conversation, I want us to focus on these accounting officers, which would also be in the form of municipal managers um, in, in municipalities and the role that they play. Because often what we have seen is that the instability in municipalities affects those positions. And, and, and I want to understand fully the impact on that, on, on what becomes of, of these processes that ideally would need to be triggered once these material irregularities have been identified. We're in conversation with the Auditor General of South Africa, Zagani Maluleke. We're going to take a quick break. We'll continue after this. The Talking Point with Kathimo Sasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point for our Municipal Watch feature today. We're in conversation with the Auditor General, Zagani Maluleke. Um, Ms. Maluleke, I-, I want us to look at the role of municipal managers because you you highlight this in the report as well, that you are seeing instability when it comes to how these positions are filled. And often that has a very real bearing on the kind of outcomes that you would want to see when you are then needing a change um, in response to these material irregularities? Absolutely. Um, You know, what we see, and having tracked this um, over many, many years now, is that when you have an accounting officer in the form of a municipal manager who is competent, who enjoys tenure in their role, who has a council that holds them accountable for doing their work. Um, You then have a a stable administration that's characterized by stability at key levels, starting with the CFO, but other key leaders in that institution. When you have that, that's where you get a clean audit and one that is sustained over periods. And that's where you, you tend to get performance. And we've tracked this for a very long time. We've looked at uh, the tendency to use grants properly, and that's where the the clean audits are. They use their grants that come from the national fiscals better. They complete their projects um, towards um, in a much better way uh, around infrastructure development. They they maintain their assets in a much better and more predictable way, and they have a much better um, ability to respond to the service delivery demands of the public. 
It doesn't mean they reach everybody all of the time. Neither does it mean that they are uh, endowed with unlimited funds. So those limitations are there, but the institution is just that much better run. And the opposite side of the scale is true also, where you find that the disclaimers of audit opinion tend to be where there is instability at the level of accounting officer, which translates to instability at the level of CFO and other key roles in that institution. Um, the, the ability to respond to service delivery needs, to governance requirements, um, to the, the complexity of all the demands that sit in terms of how a municipality functions, that can only be met on a sustainable basis where there is stability in the administration led by the accounting officer. And if you look at the, the law, the council of a municipality is primarily responsible for appointing the right people, uh, for driving a tone of leadership around ethical leadership, around performance, and of consequence management where things go wrong. Um, and when you don't have a council that itself is stable, that has the competence to fulfill their obligations as given in law, that focuses on setting up a stable and competent administration, then the municipality doesn't, doesn't operate well. And so they end up with terrible audit outcomes, terrible service delivery record, and then also little responsiveness even to our material irregularities. Um, the MI process, I think I must just also highlight, faces the accounting officer being the, the MM, who is the head of administration, because they are the person that is appointed as the steward over the institution. They are the custodian of public funds, and the MFMA is very clear on their responsibilities. Now, if you don't have in that role someone who understands what they're supposed to do, who knows how to do it, who builds a team that's characterized by competence, and who insists on, on delivery on a consistent basis, then you have um, the experience of um, governance failures and, and performance shortfalls that are very, very difficult to, to contend with for the institution and worst of all for citizens. So, so then would you say that when we're looking at a report like the one you've released, the role of municipal managers then should be understood in the context of being so significant that that position ultimately determines the shape of the municipality and whether or not you have a municipality that is functional or dysfunctional. It might not be the only contributing factor, but that it is significant enough. Absolutely, Kathy. It is absolutely crucial that you have competence, an ethical posture, and stability at that key level. Um, short of that, it, the, the municipality doesn't run well. Um, the level of instability we see in the poorer performing municipality, municipalities tells us that, in fact, stability is just as important, if not more so, than even technical competence. When we talk about vacancies in municipalities, often this is used to justify why municipalities outsource certain services. Um, let me first ask about the use of consultants, because in your report, you're flagging it again. And unfortunately, it's something that has been there um, for some time now. You describe the use of consultants largely as being ineffective. And the numbers are just staggering in terms of how much local government 
is actually spending on consultants? Absolutely. And the numbers are indeed staggering. And what they tell us is um, is, is that they are a symptom of poor skills in an environment, poor governance in that environment, and poor consequence management. And I say that because every year that we've looked at this area, we, we keep asking the question, why is it that the clean audits spend much less on consultants um, than the disclaimers and the qualified and unqualified? Why is that? And, and why is there little value there? for the expenditure by the poorer performing municipalities. And the answer we keep coming back to is that if you have in place a CFO, whether or not they're skilled, if, if that individual is not doing the very basics and ensuring that they build a team that does those basics and they monitor that those basics are being done every single day, every single month, every single quarter, then um, the municipality races towards the end of the financial year, panics and asks for financials to be prepared by a consultant purely for audit purposes. And of course, that's not what financials are, are, are really for. Um, in the first instance, financial management demands that those controls be, be in place during the course of the year and that um, the, the credible um, in-year reports form the basis of decision-making and monitoring by the council uh, and as well as the MM. Now, if you don't have a municipal manager that is worried about those things and holds the CFO accountable for delivering on it, if you don't have a council that similarly insists on credible information, then the, the, the practice, uh, mm -hmm. the malpractice of, of misusing consultants continues. So we place in this story the issue about skills at key levels, and governance failures um, around the role of the accounting officer, the role of council, um, the role of internal audit and audit committees, and even the role of the provincial departments of COPTA and Treasury, who should be monitoring and supporting municipalities in, in improving their governance arrangements. All right. We're going to continue this conversation in a moment. I'll also be taking your calls and, and your contributions uh, for the Auditor General. It's time for the latest news headlines. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. We continue our conversation with the Auditor General, Zagani Maluleke. I'll be taking your call 086-000-2032. That's coming up in the next 10 minutes or so. On the WhatsApp voice note line, you can send those voice notes and questions on 0614-104-107. Ms. Um, Maluleke, on the issue of the consultants, right, what I find interesting is that you have flagged the use and, and the inefficiency as we discussed before the news headlines. But to date, you still have 79% of municipalities reappointing those very same consultants whose use you have questioned. Is this a way in which money is fleeced out of municipalities, especially when we look at then the, the inflation of some of the costs, because also when you break it down in the report, you question the extent to which you actually need um, the use of consultants, let's say for asset management purposes. You say, well, the impression that you create is that, well, this is something that the municipality could be doing itself. It doesn't need um, specialized accounting skills. Yes, Kathy, you know, we've been raising this for quite a while and every year we get 
clear about um, the idea that accounting officers need to um, meet their obligations, their legal obligations to manage public funds in a way that's efficient, right? And their councils ought to be holding them accountable. So what we've seen, I'll give you an example. Some of the expenditure goes towards preparing VAT returns so that that can be claimed back from, from the revenue services, right? Now, that's a basic um, discipline that should be observed within any municipality. And, and without financial records, it becomes strange to see a municipality getting a consultant to help them put a VAT claim together and then getting a VAT refund. And then they often pay a commission to the consultant. And so what we've done is we've raised material irregularities on contracts where we see that value for money is questionable. And we've asked that accounting officers go and investigate and come back and indicate um, why this is happening and, and what the problem actually is and how they're dealing with it. In one instance, I'll tell you, the accounting officer in question cancelled the contract um, and, and set about sorting out their own VAT returns going forward. Um, it's a management discipline. It's also a, um, a governance failure because in every single municipality, there is the MM, but there's also the internal auditors, the audit committee, and the MPAC, uh, which is the Municipal Public Accounts Commission, Committee. They see these financial statements, they see our audit reports, and the question is to what extent are they engaging with the insights that we are offering and how are they acting um, in accordance with their duties, given the, 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 the flags that we've been raising. Mm. I think the elephant in the room um, with municipalities across South Africa, and, and I know that when we look at the report, the, the Western Cape pre- prevents, presents rather an, an interesting case study, and, and I'm going to draw some of your own analysis into why we're seeing what we're seeing in the rest of the country and not necessarily in the Western Cape. But the financial pressure that municipalities are under is simply unsustainable. And I've noted that in this report, you flag the future, financial future of of the metros as well. And these are, you know, because of the kind of budgets they're working with, they've traditionally been seen as more financially stable than your local or your district municipalities. That does, doesn't seem to be the case anymore. What is the, the future that, that we're really facing here when it comes to the financial viability of, of municipalities? You know, what we've seen is that the lack of disciplined financial and performance management and the lack of proper governance in these institutions translates to metros in the same way as we see for the smaller local municipalities as you see. And the years of neglecting attention to those basics is now uh, manifesting in deteriorating financial health, right? And so in future, the resources available to respond to the growing and even more complex needs of citizens those resources uh, will diminish because municipalities, especially the metros, uh, a number of them have had their credit ratings downgraded by the credit ratings. And so what that means is that their ability to source funding that they need so that they can deliver services and, and perform their functions, that ability will diminish. And if they do raise funding, it'll be more expensive. 
So more and more of their resources will go towards servicing debt rather than fulfilling their service delivery obligations. And especially in a context where uh, the ability of citizens to pay for services is diminishing because of the economy um, and where there is growing urbanization. So the demands um, of these metros or on these metros are going to grow. So the future is looking quite dim um, for as long as there is inadequate attention to stemming the tide. As we speak, you've highlighted 28% of South Africa's municipalities where the situation is so dire that you are worried whether these municipalities can continue to operate as, as, as a going concern. You know, there were at least 70 of them, seven zero, that reported um, that they themselves as municipalities are concerned about their ability to meet their obligations going into the future, their financial obligations. And this is the result of, yes, the state of the economy, yes, some of the commercial viability problems amongst municipalities, but principally poor discipline over many, many years. Discipline around managing the resources that Mm. they do have, avoiding fruitless and wasteful expenditure, um, avoiding penalties because they're not paying their creditors on time, because they're not managing their cash flows properly, um, billing correctly and collecting correctly from debtors. Uh, so these are the things that they themselves could be doing to make sure that the, the the limited resources they have in their hands are well spent. And that's not happening. And as a consequence, um, they continue to slide in terms of their ability to meet their obligations going into the future. And when you look at these municipalities, right, um, those with going concern problems, you see that these problems are sustained, by and large, for many sustained over a period of years. I mean, the free state, the municipalities that have been flagged have all had this issue for five years now in this report. And that, to me, indicates the extent to which there is just no will to actually turn things around. It's a problem-facing eight out of the nine provinces that we have. And yet you look under the Western Cape, you have just one municipality um, that that has going concern problems. And, and that in and of itself paints a picture of what is the Western Cape doing that differentiates it from the rest of the country? And the other context I'll add to that is this growing perception that there are people, maybe urban people in, in Johannesburg, that are willing to move to the Western Cape because they believe, well, things are working better in the Western Cape than they are in Johannesburg. And for me, looking at this financial health trends a report that, that's part of this, this overall report we're looking at, it, it really um, paints that kind of picture that the Western Cape is doing better. Well, yes. I mean, if you look at the audit outcomes over many years, the Western Cape has continued to do better. Um, As we sit, they have 21 clean audits out of the total 38 in the country. And the statistics were not too different a year ago or even 10 years ago. What happens in terms of how the municipalities in the Western Cape run is that they do have the ability to, um, to get competent people to run those municipalities 
the provincial government is, is quite clear about supporting the governance imperatives of those municipalities. Um, and there is proper monitoring and oversight on the things they do. Now, that's not to say that there aren't things to improve in how those municipalities function, but the clean orders that they enjoy and have done so over many years tell a story about better governance and better responsiveness. Um, their ability to respond to audit outcomes, to audit findings, to um, service delivery demands is improving because they have the platform to do so, given the institutional strengths of those municipalities. In other parts of the country where you've got um, provinces that have not seen one clean audit for, for multiple years, what you see there is that the skills are not in place in those municipalities as institutions and skills at the administration level, starting with the accounting officer being the MM. The uh, level of governance that's offered in terms of the councils that must provide direction, set the right tone, drive consequence management, um, that's quite weak. Um, and then that translates into a municipality that's not fulfilling its functions year in and year out, and nobody's held accountable. Um, and then what then happens is then the, the provincial leadership has tended to not engage with their duties given in law to monitor and to support those municipalities. And then when things start going really wrong, um, the, the action then tends to be about putting municipalities in, in admin, under administration. Often that's quite late in the day. So what you see in our messages, Kathy, over the last couple of years is, is we've been um, issuing a call to the provincial and, uh, and national governments to also um, respond to their given responsibilities to support local government, to monitor as the law provides. And we've actually gone to the extent of looking at the laws and then shaping messages to the provincial copter to say, you know, the law says you should be looking at the, uh, at the um, integrated development plan for a municipality as well as the annual performance plan of a municipality. We note that you've not been doing that, and that's manifesting in that municipality having a performance plan that bears no resemblance to the key functions it's supposed to fulfill, and yet there's money flowing through that institution. We also note that the law provides that you, as the MEC of COPTA, ought to give to the legislature every year a detailed account of how municipalities in your province are responding to AG audit findings. Mm. We've noticed that you've not done that for the last five years. So we've been raising this to say, the ecosystem of accountability needs to operate properly. Um, and if, if, if we get every single person in that ecosystem within the municipality, but also within the province and the national government, doing their part as given in law and in the design of the ecosystem of accountability, um, then we'll start to see improvements. And as I indicated earlier on, uh, in a number of these provinces, including the Free State and the Northwest, we're starting to see those provincial governments uh, contending much better with their responsibilities to support local government. All right. I know this is a tricky question. Which would you say is the municip is the province with the worst performing municipalities? It is incredibly tricky. What you will see in our report is that we highlight the Free State and the Northwest as the provinces that have not seen a clean audit for a long time, and we're able to translate that into the lived experience of the citizens in, in that province. We also highlight that in the Northwest, you've had a dominance of um, disclaimer audit opinions, so the majority of them reside in the Northwest. And again, we're able to translate that to dysfunctional municipalities, which has a direct impact on the lived experiences of, of their citizens. 
Um, but that's not to say the other provinces ought to keep their eye off the ball. Many of them have got work to do in right. terms of turning around a lot of local government here. Let me go to the phone lines. I'm going to ask all of our callers, please, try and keep it, and keep it short and sweet for us. Butana in Rosebank, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Mm. The crookedness is happening in Northwest and Free State persistently. Persistently. And it looks like the AG is not capable or it does not have capacity to deal with those, money, those municipalities and recover our money. Madibang, persistently, they use the, 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 the consultant. Yet they've got CFO, they've got the, the staff there of, of, uh, in, in the finance department that they're supposed to do their work. And they are not doing their work. Can the AG recover our money from those groups? All right, Butana. Ms. Maluleke. Uh, thank you, Kathy. And, and you know, I, I empathize with Budana uh, because the outrage of many citizens is, is well justified. Um, the, the role of the AG is to audit, to report, and to give recommendations and to track that those recommendations are indeed being implemented. Um, we can't put people in jail. We can't um, uh, always recover the money ourselves. Uh, what we can do is issue uh, material irregularities, is issue insight, is issue remedial action that forces accounting officers to go and recover money. And so what I've been given a sense of is that we have been able to drive impact through that work. At least 479 million rand of money has been protected through the work of the AG. Now, what this is telling us when, when Budana says, but in Madibeng, there's so much being stolen, nobody's being held accountable. What we've all got to do is look at look carefully at who are the other role players that must drive accountability and how do we make sure that we engage with them in a way that's consistent with the laws of the country. Um, we can't, as the AGSA, go and, um, and, and, and uh, get money out of a supplier, but we can do our very best in terms of getting the different players in the ecosystem to do their work and to transparently report on what's being done. All right. The fact that Budana knows about consultants is because of the work of the AG. We've been able to flag and raise the transparency bar in terms of what's happening. Now we must ensure that other people act. AK in Kempton Park, good morning. Uh, good morning, Kathy, and good morning to uh, Mr. Leg. Go for it, AK, quickly. Okay, thank you. Uh, for me, uh, Kathy and... Uh, what I've seen is that now, in many cases, um, uh, officials, either they don't read their reports, either sometimes the environment where the capable one, they are afraid because the environment is toxic. Then the others find that now, uh, they are comrades. They are comrades that now they can't deal with each other. But the worst part is that now, where, where, where is the copter? MEC or in the province who are not dealing with it, maybe it's also a comrade. That is a problem. Yeah. And, and it's the political instability that is also highlighted in the report, AK. Stephen, in Soweto. And AG, AG Marilene. There, uh, there is a bridge in Tembisa, which was started in, under the era of the present Minister of Communications. Right. And that bridge is not What actually is the money that the traders are taking from the treasury 
Uh, Stephen, Stephen, I've got a problem with that line. Let's see if we can try and redial you, get you back on, on a better line. I'm so sorry for that. It's hard to hear what you're saying. Percy in Madlosana, good morning. Uh, good morning, Sis Katie and your guest. Uh, let me go straight to the point. Sis Katie, my worry is about uh, much enough of confidence with our municipality because of I see in housing every three months they change the mayor, speaker, and the municipal manager. And only one motion. They spent almost 500000 So I'm worried. Uh, they are using uh, uh, taxpayers' tax payers money to do a motion of no confidence, or if Action SA are the one who put motion of no confidence with the mayor, are the one who paying those costs. I'm going to know about which thing uh, it is about South African taxpayers' money, or if Action SA are the one who put motion, are the one who paying that uh, deal. All right. Thanks for that, Percy. Tandisa, also in Matlosana. Good morning. Morning, Kefi, and how are you? I'm well, Tandisa. Go for it. Yes. Look, man, Kefi, AG has touched a very important issue of Northwest. Uh, you know, in the whole province, we only had two, uh, three municipalities that received uh, unqualified uh, OT. But here in Matosana, the Matosana, its budget is 4.2 billion. They owe ESCOP, they owe Midval. And when you check the financial statement, they are not talking together. And the AG gave the municipality an unqualified report. When you check the supply chain of Matosana and the PMU, there's a corruption that is happening there. And a lot of things that are happening. When you check, we, we had stadium that is not finished. We have other issues of service delivery here. And when you go to municipal uh, public account committee, and this official, they don't bring uh, official, uh, what do you call it, uh, some uh, information to AG. Okay. And I said to um, uh, Mr. Rustenbeck, the Auditor General in Northwest, how could you give this municipality an unqualified uh, report? And there's no, when you check the political overview, there's no government in Matosan. All right. Tandisa, thanks for raising that issue. Let me give her an opportunity to respond. Thank you very much. Let me start with the story about Matosana. So what this tells us is that indeed the unqualified audit opinion on financial statements is inadequate, inadequate in terms of confirming that governance is happening in the, the appropriate level. So those municipalities that have an unqualified audit opinion on their financials, meaning that we put them in that yellow category, we often say that, first of all, when we arrive, they give us a set of financials that still needs correction. And through the audit process, we get them to adjust their financials so that at least what is published is credible. That's the first step. But anyone using our audit report ought to worry about the findings we issue on, on procurement irregularities, as well as the findings we issue on service delivery information. Because those two areas are actually quite important, but often they get neglected when municipalities celebrate an unqualified audit opinion. I think let's start to demand that every public institution ought to prioritize 
realizing and maintaining a clean audit because that's where governance prevails, transparency and accountability and performance actually happen. The story about instability, I agree. I mean, so what we see is, uh, is that instability at the political level translates into instability at the administrative level. And so what we've got to do is find a way to professionalize local government and make sure that we insulate the administration led by the accounting officer or the MM from the political events at the council level. Um, and I think that that's really the point I would make to AK around the need to professionalize local government, because in a professional environment, that's where you're able to attract and retain talent. We see all of these audits every single year um, through the, the team at the AGSA. There are 3,600 of us, um, 1,300 of us being qualified audit professionals and 1,200 being people in training. But the scale of the office allows us to audit every single public institution across the breadth of this country. And we're able to arrive at this insight that, that says that one of the key levers to rebuilding public institutions must be about professionalization. Stephen, in Soweto, you have you, we have you back on the line. 30 seconds, Stephen. A bridge in Ekurlene, Tembisa. This bridge hasn't been completed ever since the, the era of it. Uh, Minister, I mean, now the Minister Ngugubera, who was the mayor there. And I wonder what type of report were they getting in that... Uh, can be sorry, lady. Thank you, kid. All right, thanks, Stephen. Ms. Maluleke. Um, Ekuruleni has had clean audits uh, for a number of years. There was a time when they regressed and then they've gone back to, into the clean audit zone. I'm unable to articulate um, on the specific matter of this bridge that's being referred to. What I will say, however, is that what we see at Ekuruleni is that there is the type of responsiveness at the management level, which is quite important. Um, so when we do raise matters with them, we see them responding. Their clean audit is a demonstration that um, they respond to audit findings, they respond to service delivery issues. They might not do it as quickly as what you'd like. Um, they don't have a, 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 a limitless funds, but at least they're able to respond. So I'm, I'm hoping that the matter of the bridge perhaps can be raised directly with the municipality. Well, at this time, I'm unable to articulate on it. Thanks. I've got a last question here for you, and it talks about the enforcement of, legisl- of legislative imperatives that appears to be totally ineffective, if not absence, if not absent rather. So, so why does your office play no role in enforcing compliance? We used to play no role. Now we play some role in that we issue these MIs and there is corrective action. So part of complying with, with the key laws of, regu- uh, of, of financial management is to avoid losses, is to put in place stronger controls and to put in place consequence management when things do go wrong. Make sure you have the type of controls that prevent problems, but importantly, that detect them and, and allow you to act on those quickly. As the Office of the AG, that, that's a major part of our contribution given the, the, the powers that we have. However, we cannot do everything ourselves. Uh, the primary responsibility for running and overseeing a municipality starts with the accounting officer being the MM, translating into the council and even into the provincial government and the provincial legislature. It's time, Kathy, that every single part of the state gets engaged with their duties in terms of turning around the situation in local government. What happens if nothing changes? if things stay the way that they have been 
as also highlighted by this report? The report next year will look even worse than the one that you're looking at now. And the experience of citizens will also mirror that continued decline. Auditor General Zagani Maluleke, let me thank you for your time on the talking point this morning. It's time for your 11 o'clock news.